today I've got on Michael. Um, met Michael a couple months ago. I was a guest on his podcast, The Wednesday Wanderer, and that was a great experience for me. And I'm really, really excited to uh, talk about his recent experience at Vid Summit. Um, Michael. He has several podcasts. Well, how about you give a, a quick intro about who it is you are, what you're doing, and what you're working on, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, so, yeah, my name is Michael Isbell. Um, basically, I started out uh, three years ago on this journey of building a social media agency for a Google partner company that used to build websites and do Google SEO. I created a scalable social media solution for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube, where we post weekly content for small businesses all over North America. So for companies that can only afford, you know, between the $100 to $500 range for marketing instead of like the $1,000 campaigns that the corporate companies are able to afford, we can offer a scalable small business solution through the programs and the ways that I've figured out how the distribution platforms work. And so now three years later, it's grown to the point where I have a full team. I have a manager in place, uh, you know, a team lead there that is awesome. She operates the team and does the production. And uh, there's a full team that does all the, all the production stuff. I have a, a really good videographer there uh, that, you know, makes some cool little videos for the clients and everything. And uh, yeah, so it's like this full running team. And it's gotten to the point where I've been able to completely separate myself as an LLC. Recently, I launched as Michael B. Isbell Media uh, officially as an LLC. Uh, so that's really exciting. I actually got the paperwork in from LegalZoom. So everything is official. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's super exciting. Not going to lie. Uh, so now I'm moving into a 1099 relationship with my agency, which uh, basically what that means is, is um, I work remote. So um, they basically hire me for a service as opposed to me working for them now. Um, so that's kind of the position of where things are moving into and life couldn't be better, honestly, with that. Uh, because with that freedom of time and space of being able to be where I want when I need to be, um, I'm, I've been able to put together this media company where I'm currently in production of a three video a week series. Uh, talk about it Tuesdays where I talk about my life and I vlog about the things that have happened to me and how I've gotten through them and, you know, become stronger on the other side and hopefully making sure that other people don't have to experience those same things themselves. Um, I have the podcast on Wednesdays, as you mentioned earlier, the Wednesday Wanderer. Uh, and that is where I sit down and have conversations with people like Jace who are out there building something better than, you know, bigger than themselves, building a legacy so that other people can have a platform to share their stories because it's really important that we don't just continue to repeat the same mistakes over and over and over. We have to learn from other people because every generation of people, every story should be easier because you should have all these other stories that you can learn from so that you don't have to experience those same things yourself. So I really try to get those stories out there in a positive light where people can see you know, the people that are really out there changing the world and making something happen. Um, so that's the Wednesday Wanderer. Then uh, Think It Out Thursdays, I teach people how to do this stuff. So anything from video tutorials, photography with Lightroom, 
uh, how to set up podcasting, how to network using Shaper and Bumble, uh, my budgeting, my budgeting templates that I created, my um, videography pricing templates, like all kinds of stuff. I, I've got posting templates where you can schedule two days a week or two two times a day for 365 days in a CSV and easily upload content for your company to keep it consistent. Like tons of awesome stuff, teaching people how to do things that are going to impact their brands and impact their lives. And then Saturdays, I break it back down to what I started everything with, which is my music. I actually started back in 2008. Um, and what I was doing is making webcam videos and stuff with my cell phone with my friends, just recording myself doing my music and doing covers of songs and um, just really diving into the songwriting world and getting into music. So yeah, every Saturday I do SoundSpot Saturday where I throw out uh, a music show, something related to that, either a co an original a cover or maybe a music video or something teaching about music, it, it, things related to music. And so essentially how I've built myself out, Jace, is um, I've put in to where my, my image, my brand, Michael B. Isbell Media, is similar to that of a network. So you have stars you have hbo you have showtime you have cartoon network nickelodeon mtv whatever these networks right which eventually are going to disappear whenever brands like coca-cola realize that they're spending billions of dollars for commercials that no one is seeing because everyone is streaming their content they're going to realize that and they're going to shift their money to where the views are where the eyes are actually at so that they can actually profit and whenever that money goes away the television networks have no reason to exist anymore and they will dwindle. And so companies like myself and you know other creators, influencers that are building out these multi-channel networks, essentially what we're doing is creating those online versions of those channel networks. So Michael B. Well Media is similar to that of Stars or whatever in that it's a channel, it's a network, but there are multiple shows. So I can show different aspects and different sides of my creativity and what I'm involved in without having to be cherry pinned into one individual thing and it all is still under my own brand so everything leads back to me if, in the end you know it's not this you know um onyx x you know thing and like nobody knows who onyx x is but you know who michael isbel is so it's building yourself out as a brand and that's really uh just what i've been working on you know and the podcast has been really awesome and a really great way to connect with really insightful people like I've, I've had some really really deep conversations just a couple of days ago I had on um, a streamer who has actually autism and dyslexia and he in spite of that is like a professional video game streamer working on making it full-time you know it's That's amazing like so it's awesome to get those perspectives of these yeah. cool people that are just like killing it and passionate about what they love so to recap, it sounds like you have four shows right now on your network, and that is one where you talk about your failures to humanize failure to, you know, relate to others and for you to relate to yourself. I, I always find that it's very detrimental to our progress to villainize our failures rather than analyze them and learn from them and hope others do the same. And it looks like you have another show where you talk about ideas with other people and you explore ideas outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, 
and you have another show where you're teaching others, teaching others things that you've either recently gotten better at or are um, already an expert at and sharing, open sourcing your knowledge and your expertise. And those all tie into your entire process for uh, your creative process, which is your passion, your music, which is on Saturday you have. And I think that's a really great way to show um, that your passion is genuine and it's it's sharing and and authentic and that you are um, putting your money where your mouth is. You don't want to just get lucky. You want to put in the grind and do the work. It sounds very, very interesting how you focus on the branding and the audience building and that you are becoming your own essentially decentralized television network that is creating genuine content in preparation for the demand that you see coming around the corner that a lot of people do. I I hear Gary Vaynerchuk talk about this all the time where he's encouraging people to be their, be their own brand media company. And it it sounds like that's what you're doing almost to a T. Absolutely. And it's funny that you say that because when I found out about Gary Vaynerchuk this January, I was actually really surprised because all of the stuff that I've been saying my whole life just got validated yeah. because and I can actually prove this. I found in on my YouTube channel, if anybody wants to go look this up, you're more than welcome. On my YouTube channel right now, there is a video in my archive videos of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, it's, I think it's called MLK Day March. You can actually watch that. That to me in eighth grade, I think I'm like 14 years old, right? And there's someone behind me and they say, what are you doing filming that? Or what are you just going to put it up on YouTube or something? Eighth grade Michael, mind you, I'm, I'm like 14 years old here. And I say, no, actually I'm recording this so that I can distribute it out on all the platforms natively. So I'm going to upload it to Facebook. I'm going to upload it to MySpace. I'm going to upload it to YouTube. Pretty much any platform that I find out about that I think is going to, you know, be really popular. I just go ahead and upload all my content there so that it's all there. Eighth grade Michael. That's exactly how I've (laughs) built my entire agency and like my entire social media strategy since then. It's funny. I was thinking about this the other day and I realized like, holy crap, I didn't just fall into this. I've kind of been like this since like forever. (laughs) Like I've just always been good at seeing the wires and seeing how it's connected and the attention may change, but what happens is, is you have to be completely native in all platforms. Like I'm yeah. actually writing two books as well. I'm writing a realistic nonfiction, uh, or wait, realistic fiction. Sorry. So um, based on reality, but slight, you know, slight extendencies for the for the book's sake and changing in names and all that good stuff. But um, it's called Finding Ray. So that's a really good. Uh, story. It's basically diving into everything that happened to me if I didn't choose the positive version. So mm-hmm. just to kind of kind of dive into that rabbit hole, you know, and it extraneates like what can happen. And it's kind of more of like a, a lesson to learn kind of a thing without having to experience it, kind of like I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And then I'm also writing another book, which doesn't have a title yet, but basically it's uh, how to get, how to build a brand, like how to think the way that I do, like how to see where the platforms are connected and how to understand what this whole thing is 
but for as someone that has anxiety and as someone that you know deals with the you know deals with those barriers um and like past experiences that come up and flashbacks and bad dreams and like all that stuff you know how to how to get through all of this stuff with that crap attached so uh, that those are going to be two really impactful books. I'm looking forward to those being released. But it's like I'm doing that. I've written a movie script already uh, called Orpheus, which nice. is really cool. Uh, that's based on the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. Uh, it's a really interesting story. Not going to dive too deep into that because um, that's I don't really have any progress on making that happen anytime soon. But eventually, eventually, <laughs> I've teased it a bunch of times, but eventually it will become a real thing when I have. A little bit more income and can uh, put, put some money into that but yeah man i i distribute content and i put out my message in every single form that i can that's comfortable for me creatively and even some that aren't you know this out of my comfort zone i i just feel like it's important to document my legacy and to make sure that like my great 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 grandchildren that will never actually see me on the face of the earth i mean unless they make some cool technology and I'm able to like transfer my body into something or like figure out how to make me live forever or whatever. Like that's cool and all, maybe I'll see them, but, but like more than likely they're probably, you know, probably not. So all like, you know, all they have is what I leave behind. So, I mean, I'm pretty much doing it in every form possible, making sure that it doesn't matter if you're the mom on Pinterest or the, you know, the kid that just reads books all day because your mom doesn't let you watch TV or whatever, or you're the, you know, whatever, the person on Instagram, they did do on Instagram, scrolling through, just, you know, whatever, trying to kill time. Like, it doesn't matter. My content is everywhere and it's in a format that is native to the people there. So it's comfortable for them. And it's like actually building an engagement of understanding that every single piece of content that you put out, every single engagement, like, view everything attached to that is a real person like there's an actual person just like you that has a job that has a life that has kids that has friends that has something and they are taking their time away from that just like you would when you scroll through and they're commenting and just like you they want engagement they want response they want to understand that you know this is a two-way interaction yeah, I think that's something that people kind of forget with social media. And I think that's one of the reasons I thrive with it is because like I, I see where the wires are connected, like with this whole thing. And, and it's going to blow up as soon as Coca-Cola understands where the <laughs> attention is. You know, I use them as an example. There's other companies, obviously, yeah. as well. But I don't, I don't watch commercials like the big pharmacy companies. That's a big one, man. Whenever the pharmaceutical companies realize they would be making so many more billions of dollars if they put all of their cat campaigns away from commercials and put it into like internet, social media marketing, it'd be done. But it'd be so hard for people that are just getting started to get in and get visible then because basically what happens is it's that $8 ad that may give you like a 15 to $20 return or maybe even higher, you know, depending on the industry, obviously. But like you can always be sure that you're going to get about a return, you know, with Facebook ads because they're so targeted if you're doing it right. Um, basically, you would be paying like 80 to to $100 for the same ad and the return would be like maybe you could get $120. Yeah. So it's like maybe you make $20 on every $100 that you put in, if that. 
Yeah, yeah. There's maybe that's that's even being generous. Yeah, there's a there's a shift coming, and it's it's apparent that you know people who have been in digital space long enough, especially those like yourself, myself, that have grown up with digital space being at our fingertips and from the formative years of our brains we are more inclined to look at uh, this digital revolution that's happening with uh, a lot of hope and admiration and um, like not a drop of fear and I think that's really powerful in uh, um, the the power that we have over digital space where if we don't uh, fear what could happen because we know how easily we could create something good it's uh you realize that you know it's too easy to create good and it's too easy to reject bad things in digital space that it's almost inevitable that things will go more and more towards positivity and love and the solutions that come out of it will be beneficial for the individual and the whole in a way that I think the world has never seen. I think that's why people like Gary Vaynerchuk are focusing so much on love and positivity in in their messages and even he's ramped that up recently. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you know whenever the bell comes and people start looking like that's why Harvey Weinstein just got outed because of social media. That's why Bill Cosby is in jail because of social media. Yep. Like, and that's why people stuff, like nobody gave a shit because like maybe a small, tiny, little percentage of the pop, you know, of the people that were there and like listening, maybe a small tiny percentage of people would actually understand the scope of what was going on and do something about it. Oh yeah. But if that little town area found like, okay, whatever, let it go. Then it goes under the rug and the rest of the country has no idea. Like communication. That is the, that's the difference. All we've been doing since the invention of the telephone is getting better and better and better ways of communication and that's what's driven the most change that's why you've seen this exponential change and growth and creation and innovation how we create tech new technologies and new you know stuff all the way you know all these tools that make our lives easier it's communication because the more that we're able to communicate and understand someone else's life and someone else's opportunities and understand their struggles and what they have and what they don't have the more that we can share what we have and the more that we can make everything better like if people don't know what is going on nobody's doing anything about it like that's the problem the reason we didn't get into world war ii is because the government like kept us from knowing like americans didn't know that there was a war going on they didn't know that there were jews being put into internment camps Yep, they had no clue. If they would have known, like when they found out, they jumped to action. They fucking, you know, like they, they're like, sign me up. Like, let's go. Let's let's fight. Let's get these people out because that's not right. Like, good always triumphs, but communication is what makes that possible. Absolutely, yeah. And the instantaneousness of it, and the equal platform 
is it empowers good in a way that I find that almost anything negative breaks down over time. So you need to keep creating uh, negative instances to keep up that negative power. But when something comes from a place of love and positivity and empathy, even empathy versus sympathy, like that's a major difference. And you have empathy, you have love, and you have understanding. Um, and here's the thing: you don't. That doesn't mean that. Exactly, and that doesn't mean that the culture's lost. No, no, no. Like that. That is the thing where people like get scared and they try not to dive into those emotions is because they think that everybody becomes the same at that point. No. Where to an extent, sure, yeah, everybody or everybody's people, like everybody's the same, but like different people have different interpretations and different things that have that they've been hardwired in from their birth and their culture and where they live and like that drives the world forward and it's it's not a like the whole love and positivity and it's just a matter of respect you know it's a matter of being able to say like yo this is what i think and i think you're stupid and you're wrong but like whatever you know like i can't change your mind so you know, this is what I think is going to happen. You know, even if the people that think like bad things happen to people like that in the afterlife, they could be like, this is what I think is going to happen to you when you die. So if you want to be dumb and think that and whatever, enjoy it, you know, whatever. Like yep. that, if that's what you need to do to like let people be them, then do it. But like whatever the, the mentality is, it's just a matter of respecting people and saying Absolutely. like, you, know, you make your decisions just like I make my decisions and understanding that we all have had a life we've have all had these things happen to us that we then have to interpret and put it out into the world as well as the consequences of the things that we have done yep you know it's like it's equal parts of things we do as well as the things that happen to us that we don't have control over like it's this perfect max of mix of chemicals and experiences and in actions and you know things that we decide and it's just like it's a matter of finding um harmony in that you know i think that's a really great word to describe it as harmony i think um that's that's pretty much the word that i would use to describe uh, a renaissance of sorts where people start to think outside of themselves where they recognize themselves for the good the bad and just neutralize it all as an individual and they can see themselves as an individual and part of a whole at the exact same time and not have to trade one for the other that's when you have people that stand up for themselves that stand up for others that stand up for the truth and it's they're removing fear from the equation more and more until once that fear is removed equality just happens it's a natural consequence yeah and that's i think the only reason people fear is because like things get attached to certain like you said like the whole equality thing it's because like honestly the worst thing that happened in my opinion about like the early settlers coming in and all the slavery things and stuff like that the worst part about that whole movement as even as a native american and all the horrible shit that they did to my people like dude the, the worst thing is them attaching slavery to a race yeah because creating racism from that whole thing made it so deep rooted that like it changed the way the world works like that's honestly the main root of fear 
because it's like tribalism they go and they say you you're different than me so like all these stories are attributed to you so now i'm scared of you whether that be like scared of like political stance or you know scared of like family backgrounds or scared of like connections or you know personal histories or whatever and it's really just the uh it's uh, it's interesting how every single time we seem to go through a renaissance of sorts it goes from uh, a certain few people or a certain class of people or a certain race of people or a certain culture of people that master other peoples and Mm -hmm. then you have a revolution of sorts when people are allowed to master themselves and i think that's i mean obviously something we're going through right now and i think that uh giving people the understanding of the tools that they have innately in them and empowering them and encouraging them to utilize them is is something that happens every single time there's a renaissance especially a major renaissance such as i believe is happening right now and things like vid summit are a great example it's masses of people coming together and like almost for free are getting uh, a a major education and how to empower themselves to a level of everyone it's not necessarily it is a pretty big investment actually it's about eight hundred dollars for the ticket luckily i got to go for free though thanks to gary Vaynerchuk. oh nice yeah yeah so it's not nearly but it's you know compared to something like you know uh a college education or something like we're 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 almost giving away the tools as opposed to what what has been traditionally acceptable to get that level of education and while you're right it's it's not free it's it's significantly improved in accessibility in a way mm-hmm. where it's it's quick it's efficient and it's powerful and i think that's amazing in a hotel where you can actually stay in the hotel mm-hmm. <laughs> to the west end right by the air, yeah, airport in lax so it's actually pretty affordable yeah and like you can really just stay in the hotel walk downstairs go to the event go upstairs go down upstairs go to the event you know what i mean like you could just be right there yep and there's like all these other hotels right there next to it too i, I actually drove up every day which ugh, i'm not gonna do that next year honestly i'm just gonna <laughs> stay up there because it was not fun it was i was so tired i, I had to leave at like 5 30 in the morning but sunrises but the traffic man took me like three hours oh. to get to LAX. it normally takes me like 30 minutes shoot but it, it was worth it so worth it yeah I, yeah i went every day and i was like oh my gosh so cool and honestly like i didn't i don't know this is kind of controversial but it's honestly probably just because of the mentality i have of like already have searched for most of this information so i've already kind of dived deep enough to find it um, but I feel like they regurgitated a lot of what was already on their channels, you know, which is fine because like that's that just means they're being authentic with what they're putting out there that's like actually real and stuff like it's who they are, which is a good thing. But um, what I had read about VidSummit had said like specifically that it was going to be the stuff that they don't talk about on their channels. So I was like, oh, OK, this is going to be the deep stuff. So like I don't know. I feel I feel like most of it they've I've heard on their videos. Interesting. Um, 
but the networking connections and just the environment as a whole was pretty freaking awesome. And hearing their stories in person was really cool as well. That's great. Yeah, because the energy there must have been uh, amazing. Yeah, and I made some really cool networking connections for the podcast. Yeah, talk to me about that, because I think when you go to something like that, regardless of the content that's given on stage, the the energy combined with, you know, the like-minded people that you're there with uh, yeah. is is the most powerful thing about being at the same place, learning the same thing at the same time. Yeah. So I'll shout out a couple of people, actually. Okay. So I got to uh, meet up with the, it's basically, if you know, don't know who Cody Water is, he created um, the No Small Creator group. You can look up pretty much hashtag No Small Creator on any platform, I think, and you'll find them, but mainly like Twitter youtube uh facebook it's a it's a facebook group for creators and innovators that are on youtube and on you know out there making content consistently um and basically uh i met up with him and with a bunch of other people uh, javier mendez he has a really awesome podcast uh, that he's doing and working on where he basically is doing the same thing i'm doing where he's talking with people about their passions and about their goals uh, it's called Passion in Progress with uh, Javier Mercedes. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, that's really lit. Uh, it's a really good podcast. You should definitely listen to it. It's really, really awesome. Um, I met the creators of The Creative Dads. So those were cool people. You know, I got to talk with them for a little bit about their podcast and the stuff that they're putting out there. Uh, Marshall Hodges, he's doing really cool stuff up in um, – where is it up in uh, Venice Beach so he lives out of his car and he's making content and just doing motivational stuff and like you know just out there hustling grinding and making yeah. it work dude. and like living for him and living for freedom and just like you know doing his thing it's mad respect um, so many cool people dude like so many cool people um, and one of the cool connections I made uh, was Trisha Unarmed. So she's a YouTuber that is going to get on the podcast soon. And uh, she has a really, really interesting story. You could definitely check her out on YouTube and watch all of her videos. But um, she was telling me about how she makes content relevated to how she does things being born without arms. Mm. So it's really interesting stuff, like how she's like very strong mindset, very motivated, like I'm excited to see what she's doing uh, with this new project. She's being mentored directly by Daryl Eves. So um, I'm pretty sure, you know, she's doing some good stuff. It's going to be pretty cool to see what happens with all that good stuff. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Just so much, so much good stuff. I, I recently connected with um, somebody that was on the Today Show, too, that's going to be on the podcast, which is going to be really awesome. Awesome. Things, things are going great. Like, ever since Vid Summit, things, my, my life is just like... I don't know. It's in the golden zone. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, connections are are honestly the the thing that moves any idea and any passion forward. I I've, I've almost always found that there's a, a place in time with any successful story of any successful person where they made a connection with another person, whether it was a, a team member a co-founder, a mentor, a teacher, or just people in the same place at the same time going in the same direction that are just aligned for the same impact. And I think that's 
honestly, like, like I've mentioned previously, one of the most powerful things about an event like Vid Summit is you're there with people that all want to be at the same place at the same time and going on the same trajectory in a way that's not in competition, but in fact, in direct alignment with being able to lift each other up. And that's immensely powerful. And I I think that that's so. um, See, we're kind of entering, and I don't mean the pun because I know the the thing that you're putting together, but we're very much so on with just how the online world works, putting together a, a new library of Alexandria. Yeah. And that is to say that, you know, although that one was a dictatorship where they took, you know, they would steal the artifacts from people. We're volunteering and creating this store of knowledge of everything, every idea, every design, every concept, every new piece of technology is dissected and broken down from every single angle. And you can find out about it with the click of a button oh, on a website called Google. Yeah. It's awesome. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, and Google's making a new uh, search engine, a Google 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about it's that with researchers at MIT. It's, it's amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh my gosh, man, like the future is just, yeah, it, it's good things. Yep. Life is good. And I, and I like that you, you mentioned uh, the, the library of Alexandrian. You know, they, they did have an essence of a positive goal was to be a harbinger of knowledge and uh, beauty and uh, anything to educate and culture ourselves. But in a centralized manner, it, it did. It required theft, pillage or manipulation in some way, shape or form. And I think that's... And physicality. Huh? It's kind of like something we talked about. I don't know if we talked about this on my podcast or if it was off air of the podcast, but I was mentioning to you how like I can give, you know, someone my hour, but like back then it was physical. You had to mm-hmm. give them time. So much time and so much space. Yep. You're available. But like with this digital revolution, it's always everywhere at the same exact time. Yep. And, you know, you can access it from anything that has internet. Yeah, it's it's omnipresent. It's it's in a way where it doesn't require land. It it doesn't require the same amount of resources. Um, in some pla- in some instances, it it just exists. Like especially with blockchain technology, it just exists, and it's uh, quite fascinating how you know we've gone through great civilizations with great monuments to humanity's uh, ambition for knowledge and truth and beauty and things. But it comes at a cost and at the height of these types of uh, vertical integration and, and vertical rises in success, we have the creation of a lateral platform such as the internet and the evolution of that with decentralized technologies and now we have the ability to reinvent things like in a way where if you wanted a great source of knowledge you had to have uh, an encyclopedia and then in the 90s Wikipedia comes about and it's less efficient it's less truthful than an encyclopedia but over time it gets better because 
it doesn't need to be centralized. It works like a nonprofit, but nobody needs to get paid for it to have volunteers. And it's had more volunteers over time. And it's quite fascinating in the way it purifies itself. Um, and it's, uh, I think that's a really fascinating creation that spawns new creation are things like the internet and decentralized tech and you know it's redefining the way where if you had told you know our grandparents that one day there will be an encyclopedia that you know you don't have to buy it's free and it's always updating people would have literally thought we were talking about magic but this is the age we live in burned you yeah (laughs) and and but that's the age we live in not only that but you know 20 years later we we take it for granted (laughs) and and that's that's the age of magic we live in that i see and i think things like vid summit are a great example of um how beneficial the internet is to us to give us a platform to give us a place to provide for ourselves in a way that you know hundreds of years ago being a landowner or a farm owner used to provide for you your family and your posterity and now having a a place in digital space mm-hmm. and you make friends with these people too like absolutely like for example metal for breakfast he's an awesome dude man uh jason is hilarious like meeting him in person and then like watching his videos and stuff. It's like, it's so funny. It just like kind of makes it make sense, you know? Yeah. Like you feel like you feel like instead of watching this thing that somebody made, which is good on its own, like it becomes something where you're watching something a friend made. So you feel more connected to it. You know, it's like, I don't know, you build these networking connections. You actually get to know these people and you become friends with them and like your work with them. Like, especially in this industry you know that's kind of really lonely like that's that's mm-hmm. like your friend that's that's the best thing that you get when you're a creator and you're really passionate and like you you don't like take those breaks and stuff it's like it's okay for people that do and they you know they go out and they do all the fun things and they take all the breaks and they do all this stuff all the time you know that's like keeping them away from their you know doing the work but like you know there's a lot of people that they they are they get their happiness from doing creativity like for me like i'm always doing something because that's where i get my drive like that's the that's the thing that makes me feel like a battery going you know yeah so it's just like always chugging along so i don't know that's like the best way for people like me like and people like that to really have friends is to be able to have some some kind of an event where we can all come together and create together and share together in one place yeah, absolutely. And it you're essentially making friends and nurturing friendships and having conversations that don't have to happen at the same place or even the same time. And mm-hmm. we all build upon each other. And I can imagine a hundred years from now, you know, our grandchildren could be watching the same videos of the same people that, you know, we have these friendships with and they have a friendship through time that Mm -hmm. helps them you know nurture their creativity nurture their inspiration nurture their mental health in a way that will lead them to better friends because as we all know that 
you know, if if you have good friends from the start, you're more likely to keep making more good, fr- more positive influences in your life. And once you can find those initial connections, you're like, this is how I recognize these people in my life. You make more. So even if, you know, our grandchildren start out that way and their friends are long dead that they start out with, they could eventually meet a real person who also has this historical friend that they've, and they spark a friendship out of that common interest. I think that we're going to see humanity evolve in a way where, you know, people are less likely to uh, only have a certain number of people to have be their influences and less likely to have a bad start because they don't have, you know, friends that uplift them, friends that encourage yeah. them. And I, I think, you know, it comes with pros and cons. If people don't want to make connections with real people, that can have its own downsides. But I think that, you know, we're so early on in this tech oh. revolution. You know, they're, they're I'm losing you a little bit. You're losing me a little bit. Um, I'm still here. I don't know if you can hear me. I but can hear you. Can you hear me? There we go. It's back to normal now. All right. Let's let's uh, reset for a second. So, um, moving on to another topic, real quick. Uh, I um, I want to say thank you for uh, letting me on your podcast. I remember when we met on that Shaper app, um, and I was talking about what I was doing you were talking about what you were doing I was at a point where I I knew I was going to need to start making these connections to do uh, PR and marketing and find like-minded people about the project that I'm working on the decentralized library of Alexandria project Um, right and when I met you it's I had been kicking the idea around for weeks of, should I start up a podcast? Should I be a guest? And I matched with you and it just clicked. And um, since then, uh, that experience of being on your podcast has led me to uh, seek out other opportunities and uh, been on a radio show recently, all sorts of things. And Oh, wow. Even hearing what you're doing with your podcast and it was way more refined than any of the ideas that I was doing exactly helped me recognize that, you know, even the podcast that I knew I was just starting like this to get whatever content I could get out of it. I've been analyzing it the past few weeks, looking over your content and realizing I have about the same categories of discussing ideas, discussing failures and lessons learned from them um, and discussing the process and what I learned and educating others and talking about uh, the creativity stuff, the passion, the mental health, the education stuff for me, they break up into almost the same natural topics that yours do. And I think that's really fascinating because um had uh, had I not made that connection with you, I, I'm sure it would have happened in its own time, but it aligned things in a way that all I was doing was asking the question of what next 
and I knew I wanted to take action and our paths were crossed in a way where all I had to do was say yes and we made it happen and that that was the opportunity that I needed to take that question of what next to um, this is what I've done and this is how I advance on it. and that's I think kind of the whole point of what we're doing is to make connections in the creative process to invest in each other as creators along the way whether it's time attention knowledge or encouragement um, mm-hmm. because who knows you know where we're all going to be in 10 years and when one of these stories is the seed that's planted that 10 years from now if one of us is in a slump and the other one just you know hit it big or whatever and we lift the other one up because the investment we made in the other it's you see this happen all throughout history people are in the same place people at different times oh i have life oh absolutely so absolutely like, i would 100 agree with that man like you've just got a good it's all good karma mm. like when you put good energy out into the world you have to expect that i mean not not expect you don't do things for expectations oh, but yeah. like you come back like everything that you put out there is gonna come back to you it's like a boomerang <laughs> everything is this it's like the circle cycle of everything i love it yep and i think it's interesting when you remove things like expectations and fear um once you can successfully do both of them because i find that what people resist letting go of expectations the most is the fear of letting go of those expectations but if you can remove both fear and expectations what you're mm-hmm. left with is hope and when you invest hope in other people eventually that hope is going to come back to you because if you have hope in the world and the people in it eventually those people are going to have hope in you and before you know Absolutely. it you realize that you've built your own security net from having hope in others and the success of others and it's only Absolutely. a matter of time before you know something happens and you don't need to expect it it's just a natural consequence of the universe yeah. it's funny too because like the podcast is the perfect platform mm. for this because like i get to talk to all these really cool people but like i would already be doing this like i'm just Literally, I, like I told you on the pre-production meeting that we had, the little 15-minute call before the call before the um, actual podcast interview, I go into it as blind as possible because, like, I love this authentic, genuine my what's in my brain to what's in your brain conversation. Like, I just think that that's so authentic. Like, I. I, I mean, it, you know, the interview styles where the person does their research and they know everything beforehand and all this has its place. But I think the kind of conversations that I'm having also are really important to be able to sit down and actually have authenticity of like, you know, not having it scripted and not knowing what you're going to talk about necessarily before you start the camera. Like you just go and you just talk. Oh, absolutely. And have a real conversation, you know. Because there are things that, you know, I need to hear things that you need to hear. And we make sure that, you know, as much of those aspects are covered as we can. But I'd say probably close to 70, 80, maybe 90% of what we talk about 
is not really relevant to exactly what we need in this point in time. But you never mm-hmm. know when that one percent of what we talk about might be what somebody needs years in the future. Like, absolutely. I just experienced that with a, a Gary V video from 2016 that I was watching when he was talking about Anchor when it was brand new platform, and he's talking about it's just like bleeding edge of what's needed in the world and. He's fanboying out about Anchor and the future of it, and yeah, another Anchor's amazing. And a, a, another platform he talks about called Peach, and while talking about those two things that are really important to him in that video, he briefly mentions the importance of voice. This is before he really got into talking about the importance of voice. But mm-hmm. like he talks about voice and the importance of it, and he's like, you know, like I see voice is so important. He's like, one, like something like Twitter plus voice, and I like that was the light bulb for me because for about six months I have been working on an idea where I'm like, what if we replace, you know, the Twitter model of text with voice notes. And I've been working on this in my head for about six months. It was the idea I had before the Library of Alexandria, where I told myself, if there's a social media platform that's going to happen in this, it's going to be a voice-based Twitter. And、mm-hmm. as I was, you know, losing touch on that idea that sparked the need to create an infrastructure so that I could get there, and I, it was. So far from my thoughts that I haven't thought about it in probably over a month. That idea, and I hear that in that video, and it's like a reminder to myself through time, through Gary V, to say to me like, it's time to focus on this again, and it's just、yeah. amazing. Like we don't know how, you know, what we say. It will find its way to have the impact to the person it needs to have impact on, even if it just seems like we're kind of throwing out just a stray comment. That you know, absolutely, it's these sound bites too. Like you could just pull them apart, you know, and they disperse them whenever they need them. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the great thing about you know open sourcing these messages of. Truth and encouragement, and our own experiences, our own thoughts, because you know the way that someone like Gary V operates. I have no problem if I wanted to create a mock-up site for that to pitch to investors or developers or whatever. All I'd have to do is take the clip of that and say, like, this is the validation of it, and and that's how we all support each other. And yeah, it's amazing. So. You know that would be cool, but I think they would need to work on、uh, voice to text a little bit better, like where they can translate your voice to what it's texting. You know, because there's definitely like people that wouldn't want to have to hear it all the time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's definitely a place for like, you know, you're at work and you can't have like a voice message go off, so you would need to see it to read it. But like the person isn't going to want to type it out as well as record it, so they would need to. You you would have to figure out a way for sure to translate the voice to text better. Oh yeah, yeah. Amazon Polly is quite amazing in that aspect.、Um, 
that's oh, wow. uh, that's text to voice but um the same technology it's based on does uh voice to text in the most amazing of ways so it, it's it's interesting you bring that up because that's the first thing i ran into i was like okay the the important thing is to have somebody say something in their voice but it'll be easier for people to read these things and have the option hear it in their voice to hear where their emphasis is where their pain is where their passion is because we need to bring the humanity back to digital interaction um and i i think that you know it's and i wonder if you could make it integrated like make you should make it a keyboard app instead of like yeah a running app that way you could your keyboards like on google you know like the google keyboards i agree it's 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 evolved from the idea of having a standalone social media platform to be more of a, a plug-in that, you know, you use it while using Twitter, while using Facebook, and it attaches the file automatically to the mm-hmm. post. That's, I think that's going to be the powerful asset because I'm not going to compete directly with Twitter or Facebook or whatever the Dex thing is. That's That would be ridiculous. That would be where you all would be, would be trying to tear them down because they've already... <laughs> They've already worked their roots in, so it's yeah. like you're kind of, you know, pretty. Li- I mean, it's possible, obviously. I mean, it's definitely possible, but there's so many social platforms already yeah. that are already clawing at, at all of those social platforms to try to be the next Facebook, the next Twitter, the next whatever. Like, that's a big thing, you know. Oh yeah. So you don't want to jump in that rat race, but if you made a widget that could apply what you were saying, like where you just do your voice and it puts that into the thing and it translates text to voice as a file and you could just play it. Like that'd be great. Like a widget. Absolutely. Yeah. That's any website, any social media platform. That's probably the, the thing we're playing closest to the chest with the library of Alexandria prog uh, project is the, uh, the open source software, because I've realized that some of the most brilliant ideas in software have started out as open source and then they become closed source simply because they don't have the knowledge the means or the resources to market it so a company acquires it and makes it closed source and the library of alexandria project my role in it in the long run will be to open source marketing in a way to um if you can have an open source marketing platform that elevates marketers the same way open source code writing elevates coders, then you could have a mutually beneficial way to market open source software that I've, I've never seen happen in history. And that's um, the Library of Alexandria pro- project will be many things to many people. But that's probably the thing I'm most excited about is how what happens when we figure out how to open source marketing, how that helps open source software. So the, the pieces of software we're working on are all plugins and they're all open source in a way where they augment uh, genuine communication through technology to bring in voice and video in a way that's so convenient that people want to use it to bring back... Um, the effort and the convenience for people to listen to what people mean 
rather than exactly to what they say because people don't always say exactly what they mean in that face-to-face communication or even just the voice alone helps us understand the authenticity and helps us look pat well maybe they don't know exactly what that word means but i can tell in context with their tone where they're coming from and their emphasis that they mean probably something but when we just read text we we lose that and i think that's detrimental to the way we interact as a society online and it's perverted its way offline too and we want to counteract that so that's really awesome yeah uh, all right michael well i'm i'm really glad i was able to get you on for uh this first episode of my uh casual convo podcast i i've, I've really enjoyed this back and forth talking about our experiences we've had recently um and i i really support what you're doing i i really enjoy it i've um, I've enjoyed being a part of it, and um, if other people want to be a part of it in their own way, uh, how can they find you? Yeah, so basically, um, everything is centralized around my website. It's michaelbisbel.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L, B as in boy, I-S-B-E-L-L.com. And that is actually my username for everything. So no matter what website you're on, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, Tumblr, you name it, whatever. Search Michael B. Isbel and you should find my account. That's usually, if I sign up for something, it's Michael B. Isbel every single time. So uh, be sure to look me up on all platforms, whatever platform you use the most, I'm there. I post pretty much every single day. Um, I'm recording four to five interviews a week right now and the weekly episodes of the Wednesday Wanderer have begun launching. So be sure to check whatever platform you listen to podcasts on every single Wednesday for the Wednesday Wanderer. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-E-R. I misspelled it the first time I did my marketing logos. That's a funny story. I thought it was W-O-N-D-E-R-E-R, like wonder, you know. No, no, yeah, and then I realized it was misspelled, and I was like, oh, crap. I'm glad I haven't posted that anywhere yet. Oh, man. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> Wednesday Wonder. Good show. <laughs> and the weekly episodes of Talk About It Tuesday, Think It Out Thursday, and Sound Swat Saturday for Michael B. Isbell Media. Uh, or if you look up podcasting, it's MBIM Weekly. That is up right now, actually, on everywhere that podcasts can be listened to. M-B-I-M Weekly. That is the audio format of my online video series. There are two episodes up right now. An introduction to both Talk About It Tuesday and Think It Out Thursday. So keep an eye out for all three of those shows. Talk About It Tuesday, Think It Out Thursday, and SoundSpot Saturday. Right there on every platform where you can consume content. Well, that's great. And we'll have the links to all that at in the description of this episode and it was really great to have you on um it was really great to be on your first episode of the wednesday wanderer just watched that recently on on youtube it came out yeah it was amazing thank you and um 
uh, really, really honored to be able to talk about the Library of Alexandria project on that as well. And um, for anybody listening, uh, to find Library of Alexandria content anywhere that you know you can find a search bar, search for the hashtag not wrong and you'll find us um, and you'll find those links in the description as well. Uh, thanks again for being on uh, the first episode of, of uh, Casual Convo and returning the favor. Uh, Michael, it's been great getting to know you and becoming your friend and uh, look forward to a bright future for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, dude. I love I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. All right.